Good evening. Welcome back to our Wednesday evening Bible study. I'm glad that you've joined us this evening. Let's start off our time together with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, we're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for the truth of God's Word that leads us, that directs us. I pray that tonight, that, that as we come and that as we study your Word, that we would be patient, that we would be thoughtful. I, I pray that you would speak uh, through the teaching of your Word. And I pray that we would be instructed tonight, that we would be shaped tonight, that our foundation would be stacked upon tonight. And I pray the fruit of tonight would be you would be known and you will be glorified. Lord, lead us tonight. Bless us in your study. We, we trust this to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, welcome back to our Wednesday night Bible study. We are looking at uh, the important question, can a saved person ever be lost again? I don't know if you've ever wondered that. Sometimes we think about that. Can a, can a person that is saved ever be lost again? It is an issue that some call eternal security. Others would call perseverance of the saints. Uh, sometimes people would say once saved, always saved. But again, it's just the simple question, the basic question, can a saved person ever be lost again? Uh, I, I want to tell you, I believe it is a big deal. I believe it is an important discussion, an important study. And I believe it is a gospel issue. Now, I've said this every week, and I want to continue to say this. Uh, we want the biblical answer to this question. We want to know what God has said uh, concerning this question. Some say, well, this is a Baptist issue, or, or, or you're going to give us the Baptist answer. Uh, understand, we do not care what a preacher says, what a preacher's interpretation is. Uh, we do not care what a church says, what a denomination says. Uh, we do not want the Baptist answer, but rather we want to know tonight what the Bible has said. For us in the New Testament church, we want to know what the New Testament has said. And understand, that's in all issues. Uh, not just this one issue. We want to know what God has said, what the Bible has said. And so again tonight, we're going to come back to the question, uh, can a saved person ever be lost again? Now, I want to start off with a very quick review tonight. Uh, if you've missed the first parts of the first uh, couple parts of this study, you can go to Facebook, you can go to our YouTube page, uh, you can go to the website and you can find those. And I'll tell you, I believe it's, it's worth the time to go back and watch those and to see what we've uh, already covered. But let me give you a very quick uh, review. First thing is this, the, the first week we looked at, what does it mean to be saved? And that's, that's really the starting place. That's our, our, our first step. What does it mean to be saved? And we saw in a very short form that we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. No work that we would do, not anything we add to it, not something we, we have to do, but we're saved by our faith, our trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And in that, it is God's power that saves us. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we trust Him for our salvation, we are saved. And so understand, it is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's a huge deal. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Well, then last week, the second week, we looked at the biblical truth that once we are saved, we are always saved. Again, a, a topic some call eternal security. Understand, and the points we looked at last week was that it is God's power that saves us. Not of some power that we have, not our willpower. Uh, it is God's power that saves us. 
We looked at God's power involved in our salvation. Then we looked at God's promise, what His Word says about our salvation. We looked at a whole bunch of verses, looked at the, the words there, the verb tenses there, and we saw that God makes us a promise that once we've put our trust in Him, uh, that He is going to complete, that He is going to finish, uh, that it's His work, and we saw what His Word says about that. And then last week, a very awesome thing, a very uh, powerful thing, we saw God's seal, that once we put our trust in Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1.13 says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And, and the Holy Spirit is the seal uh, that, that God gives us, signifying that we have an eternal, uh, everlasting, finished security by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And so we, we saw last week that we can trust if we have trusted in Jesus Christ, it is settled, it is finished, and it's not something that we have to revisit. God saves us, and God in His power keeps us saved. Now, that by itself is an awesome thing. We can trust, we can be sure, we can have confidence that if we've trusted Jesus Christ for our salvation, that we don't have to keep going back there, that we're not having to revisit that, but that it is settled in the finished work of Christ and our faith in Jesus as our Savior. Well, tonight we're going to continue that discussion and really look at some pretty interesting things tonight. But building on those truths, we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, and, and we know that God keeps us saved, that it's God's power that saves us. Well, then the question that would flow out of that, and the one that we're going to look at tonight, is, well, why does it matter? Why, why does it matter? Uh, really, some might say, well, just trust Jesus and then, and then move on. Who cares? Uh, some would say, isn't this a secondary issue? And I've heard folks say, well, it's a secondary issue, and it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not a primary issue, and it's one of many things that we may never settle. And so it really doesn't matter. And then, and then other folks will say, well, can't we agree to disagree on this? Well, I, I want you to see the answer to the question, why does it matter? Why does it matter? First thing is this. Be very clear tonight. It does matter matter. And that, that's why we've taken up this, this Bible study during these weeks. It does matter. It is a vital doctrine. It is an important doctrine. Now listen, it is a blessing for us to know this. It is a good thing for us to know this, to learn this. But more than that, it is necessary for us to know. It, it is a blessing, but it is necessary for us to know as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, some are very flippant in this. And, and I've, I've heard folks that really haven't come to a firm understanding or maybe they've come to a different understanding. And, and so they're, they're not really as cemented in, in, in the truth or the importance of this doctrine. So they're very flippant in this. Uh, I, I heard a very well-meaning person uh, say one time, that you can trust that you can't be lost again, but you should live like you can be lost again. And that's how they answer this. Well, can a saved person be lost again? And their answer was, well, you can trust that you can't be lost, but you ought to just be safe 
and go ahead and live like you can be lost again. Now, when you first hear that, it sounds like, well, that's a, that's a smart decision. That's a logical decision. Uh, it sounds like that covers all the bases. Have confidence that you can, uh, that once you're saved, you're saved, but live like you can be lost again. Well, I want you to think about that for a second. That is actually terrible advice. Uh, that's actually illogical advice. And, and, and again, it was a well-meaning person. But the, the main reason that's terrible advice is it's not possible. What, what they're really saying here is believe God's word, but live like you don't believe God's word. Well, listen, that's not believing God's word. It does matter. It absolutely does matter. And, I, and I'm going to show you why uh, this evening. And, and we can look at several things, but we're going to look at three main reasons why this truth matters. Why, why having this settled absolutely does matter. First reason it matters is this. For our peace. For our peace. Now, now follow with me. Part of the fruit of being saved is peace. We have peace with God, reconciled through Jesus Christ. God wants us to have that peace. In fact, Jesus himself promises us that peace. He says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. God wants us to have peace. Jesus promises us that peace. And then the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, brings, gives that peace. And so, so listen, God's plan is that we would have peace in this matter. Well, if this doctrine is not settled, listen, you will have no peace. That doesn't add up. If this is, if this is not a settled truth for you, you will have no peace. God wants us to have peace. He gives us peace. Well, listen to me. If you don't know if you're saved, you'll have no peace. If you can't know if you're saved, you'll have no peace. If you're having to wonder if I was saved and now I'm not saved, or maybe I've, I've committed some sin and I'm not saved, or maybe I've crossed the line and I'm not saved, or you're having to wonder, well, is God mad at me again? Is His wrath upon me? It sure feels like it is. Or, or maybe you have to think, well, I'm, I'm not worthy to be saved. And, I, and, I, and I, the more I think about my salvation, there's no way God could ever love me. Surely He doesn't love me. And then you add to that Satan. He's, he's the accuser of the brethren. And, and that's what he does. He, he takes our peace. He, he steals our peace. And I'll just tell you, this is one of his doctrines. This is one of his tricks. And, and if he can cause us to doubt, if he can cause us to doubt God's salvation, if he can get us to, to doubt God's word, if he can get us to doubt God's power, then, then he can blow us up. He can, he can mess us up and he can take our peace that God has given, that God intends for us to have. Do you see how that works? Friends, listen to me tonight. You can have peace. God gives you peace. You, you didn't do anything to be saved. You, you're not worthy of being saved. It is in His grace and by His faith that you're saved. And listen, 
God wants you to know that you're saved. He wants you to know that that salvation is secure in Him. And being sure of that, you can have peace. It's for peace. John chapter 20, verse 31. It's coming to the conclusion of the Gospel of John, and he's telling why he recorded these things. And it says in verse 31, But these have been written, the testimonies, the miracles, this account, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in His name. Listen, you can know what it means to be saved. You can know that you are saved and you can be sure of it. There is peace in knowing. And so the first reason this is a big deal is that we would have peace. What an awesome thing. God intends for us to have peace. First reason this is a big deal is that we'd have peace. Second reason this matters. Does it matter? Second reason is this. It's because it's the gospel. Now, I, I can't say this uh, firmly enough, and I can't say this as, as serious as I want to say this, but I want you to understand this is a gospel issue. Remember when we started the study a couple of weeks ago, I asked the question, is this a primary issue? Is this a gospel issue? Well, I believe the Bible makes very clear this is a gospel issue. And I believe if you change this, you change the gospel. I believe it's that important. I believe it's that necessary for us to understand because if you mess this up, if you monkey with this, if you distort this, you change the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now follow with me through a chain here. There is nothing you can do to be saved. It's by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and it's God's power that saves us. Follow with me through the chain. There is nothing you can do to be saved. Therefore, there is nothing you can do to stay saved. See how that pieces together. It's again in our faith in Jesus Christ, and it's in God's power. Listen to that progression again. There is nothing you can do to be saved, Therefore, there is nothing you can do to stay saved. There is nothing you can do to be saved. Therefore, there is nothing you can do to stay saved. Now, watch the inverse of this. Therefore, if you have to do something to stay saved, maybe it's a work. Maybe it's a religious duty, a religious thing. Maybe it's a a level of faith or a level of service. You have to keep this, this level up and you have to serve like this and you have to, you have to take on this legalistic thing or, or maybe it's your willpower. If you have to do something to stay saved, then there must be something to do to get saved. Do you see the log logic of that progression? There's nothing you can do to be saved. Therefore, there's nothing you can do to stay saved. However, if you have to do something to stay saved, then there must be something to do to get saved. I have to be baptized, or I have to do this work, or I have to do these religious things. If you have to do something to stay saved, then there must be something to do to get saved. 
and our gospel of faith and of no works becomes a gospel of works. Folks, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, it uses our terminology. It has our our basic tenets. It talks a lot about faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is based upon faith in Jesus Christ and of no work. The Bible says, lest any man should boast. And if our gospel becomes a gospel of works, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ by which we are saved. Very simply, let me say this. It changes the gospel. It changes the gospel. If you change this, it changes the gospel, the biblical gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I watch people and, and, uh, and those folks that hold to the idea that you can lose your salvation. And there's, there's a lot of folks that fall into that camp. And here's what I notice of those people. They always end back up on a treadmill. And, I, and, I, and I, I know the verses they're going to say, and I know how they're going to try to come to that conclusion. But of folks that say, you know what, you can lose your salvation, they always end back up on a treadmill. Friends, I want you to understand the good news of the gospel is God saves us from the treadmill. And, 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 and those folks that end back up on the treadmill, you know what? They, they, you watch them and they may say, you know what, I'm saved by faith in Christ, but I'm never good enough. And I'm not good enough and I wasn't good enough and I'm not good enough now. And they try harder. And I've got this system and I've got to try harder. And I've got to impress God. And they've got good deeds to do and good deeds to do. And I've got to keep a moral standard. And I've got to do all these good deeds. And I've got to uphold this moral standard. And they become very legalistic. And their churches, you watch them, they become very legalistic. And they're watching you and I'm not good enough and I'm not doing enough. And so you're not good enough and you're not doing enough. And it becomes this legalistic system. And they were taken off the treadmill of works. But now this system puts them back on the treadmill of works. And you watch them. They run faster and they run faster and they run faster. Here's the truth of our gospel. No one was good enough. No one is good enough. That is why we needed a Savior. That is why we love the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. That is why we cling to Jesus. Nobody was ever good enough. No one is still good enough. I I was thinking about that. What a terrible trick. To tell somebody, you know what, you're not good enough to get saved. It's by faith in Jesus. But then once they're saved, to say, well, let's see if you're good enough to stay saved. And so here's your rule book. Here's the rule book. we got a rule book for you. And and we want you to get after it. We want you to show that you're good enough to stay saved. That's not our God. And that's not His Word. And friends, that is not our gospel. Not one person was good enough to be saved. Not one person has enough willpower to stay saved. It is in the power of God by faith in the finished work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me say this. Why does that matter? And we we could go a few more weeks just on this. But here's the thing. 
when you change the gospel, and, I, and, and I'm talking well-intended people, good people, when you change the gospel, people miss Jesus. If you're saved by the truth of the gospel, if you distort the truth, people will miss salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. It absolutely matters. Why does it matter? First reason is peace. God wants us to have peace. Satan is trying to steal that peace. Second reason, why does it matter? It's because it's the gospel. It's what the Bible says. It's our salvation. It is the gospel. The last one, and it's a big deal as well, is this. It's because of our productivity. Our productivity. Now listen, follow with me through this one as well. Our mission as followers of Jesus Christ in this age. Listen, Jesus has ascended to heaven. He's going to come again and he's going to receive his church. But in the interim age, in the age in the meantime, our mission as followers of Jesus Christ very plainly is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make disciples who will make other disciples. Matthew chapter 28, the great commission of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. We are here, we exist to lead people to Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. Well, some folks will say, well, we're here to worship. Listen, we get to heaven, we're going to worship. Well, it's to become like Christ. Listen, when we get to heaven, we're going to have a glorified body. We're going to be with Christ. The Bible says we'll be like Him. We are here to lead people to Jesus Christ. Our ministry, our mission, our work is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Well, let me ask the question. If you're concerned about your salvation, how worried are you about the salvation of others? And that, that's just a basic question. If you're not sure about your salvation, if you got questions about your salvation, if you're not settled and sure and confident in your salvation, how worried are you going to be about the salvation of others? And I'll just tell you the answer is not very. Not, not very. A person without this settled will be highly unlikely, I believe, to consistently share their faith and invest to make disciples who will in turn make other disciples. Do you understand that's one of the goals of Satan? If I, you know what, I can't, they understand it's in Christ, they understand it's by faith in Jesus Christ, but if I can add this doubt, if I can make it to a system of works, if I could, if I could mess this up, if I could have them not be sure, I can rob them of their mission. I can rob them of their purpose. That's one of the goals of Satan. All of that said, we come back to the original question. So does it matter? Why, why don't we just agree to disagree? Why can't we say it's not going to be a, that big of a deal? Why can't we say, well, to sort it out in heaven, does it matter? Let me tell you this. The ploy of Satan is to steal your peace. The ploy of Satan is to put you back on a treadmill of works. The ploy of Satan is to distort the gospel, to change the gospel, and in doing so have people miss salvation by faith in Jesus Christ, the purpose of Satan is to rob you of your purpose. And I want you to see, this one false teaching does all of those things. 
Do you see how big that is? This one distortion, this one false teaching, it steals you of your, it robs you of your peace. It steals your peace. It puts you back on this treadmill of legalistic good works. It distorts the gospel. It changes the gospel and it robs believers of their purpose. This one false teaching does all of that. Let me tell you this. It does matter. It does matter. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. No work of our own. The grace, the love, the tremendous grace of God. When we trust Jesus, we are saved. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. It is settled. He has promised to keep it. He did it. He, he will keep it. He will finish it. And I want you to understand tonight, it does matter. It does matter. What an awesome thing that God tells us in His Word. What an awesome thing that we can be confident. What an awesome thing, friends, that we can stand and we can tell others with confidence in our hearts of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It absolutely does matter. Let's finish tonight and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we do come tonight. and We're so thankful for your truth. We're so thankful for salvation, not of religious works, not of deeds that we have to keep, not of willpower that we have to muster up. Not one of us would make it, Lord. Not one of us would make it. And there we see your grace that you love us. Oh, you love us. And you love us so much you send your only begotten Son. And He comes and He takes the penalty that we could not pay. And Lord Jesus, you pay it. I praise you. Lord, I'm thankful that when we put our faith in you, we are saved. If we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. Call Him Lord. That God raised Him from the dead. We will be saved. Lord, I'm thankful for that salvation. But I'm also thankful that in that you desire that we'd have peace and you give it to us. You want us to have confidence and in your word you give it to us. You tell us we have a mission to take up. And in your word you give it to us. Lord, I'm thankful for the truth of your word. Again, I pray that we've been instructed tonight. I pray that the fruit of this study is we would honor you and glorify you and that Jesus would be known. Lord, we love you and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.